Welcome to Startup ROI, where we explore global technology trends and how they manifest themselves in France. Whether you're an entrepreneur, investor, or a tech enthusiast, I'm glad to have you here. If you are a startup interested in being featured or a VC interested in collaborating, please reach out to me directly. My email is bonjour, that's B-O-N-J-O-U-R, at startup-roi.com. Going Global, Content Square and the Definitive Playbook on Internationalization for French Tech. This was originally published on August 17th, 2021. New York and Paris have a history of cultural exchange and overlap. Relationships forged from rich literary, arts, and theater scenes have in some ways helped pave the way for meaningful collaboration in business. For countries around the world, building a customer base in the U.S. is often a long-term target, but every path is different. I start here with a graphic of James Baldwin and a quote from his book, Giovanni's Room. Well, I said, Paris is old, many centuries. You feel in Paris all the time gone by that isn't what you feel in New York. He was smiling. I stopped. What do you feel in New York? He asked. Perhaps you feel, I told him, all the time to come. There's such power there. Everything is in such movement. You can't help but wondering. I can't help but wondering. What it will all be like many years from now. Today, I want to walk through the considerations one must make when exporting their product abroad, and there's no better company to serve as our trusted roadmap than Content Square. The Cherky Ratio. There was one thing that stood out to me most in my research for this piece. It was something I have heard before in passing, but never quite articulated in a meaningful way. It's a term I will coin the Cherky Ratio named for Jonathan Cherkey, the founder and CEO of Content Square. It's not revolutionary in and of itself, but it gives a glimpse into the thought process of a CEO representing a burgeoning startup scene on the global stage. The ratio relates to software engineering in a global economy. Qualitatively, the equation states that given equal quality of talent, the long-term value derived from an engineer depends on both price, wages, and loyalty, employee retention. Cherky posits that France has incredible engineering talent, but with lower average salaries compared to the U.S. and significantly higher loyalty, there is no question whether he would maintain his core R&D in his home country. It's a relatively simple equation as far as modeling goes, but it has a big impact on corporate philosophy, strategic decision-making, and organizational structure. And as we'll see, it plays into the international expansion strategy at Content Square. Building a company is hard scaling it even harder. Replicating that success abroad? The odds are stacked against you. With guiding principles, clear vision, and handy heuristics like the Cherky Ratio, we'll see how to make an insurmountable challenge a bit more palatable. And just for reference, the quote-unquote Cherky Ratio is quality divided by price times loyalty, meaning that having higher quality engineers with a lower price or salary Uh, multiplied by uh, their relative loyalty to the company, their ability to stay or for an employer to retain their talent, uh, has a big impact on the success of the company. Silicon Valley's ultimate exit. There was a time when Silicon Valley was the place you had to be, physically, to partake in the software boom. For all intents and purposes, it still serves as the ideological hub for the tech industry. But thanks to the very technology that was dreamed up by the region's most innovative minds, The need to be located in the Bay Area to capitalize on this opportunity is diminishing. 
It's true that a large proportion of money, talent, and culture remains in Northern California. But for over a decade, there has been a shift towards decentralization that has turned Silicon Valley into more of an ideology than a single point on the map. I'll admit that the Bay Area does still have a palpable energy to it, along with such a high density of smart, creative people. But inevitably, the power structures and distribution of talent are going to shift in a post-COVID, highly remote workforce. One of the most compelling takes on this subject is from Balaji Srinivasan in his 2013 piece titled, Software is Reorganizing the World. You can also watch his presentation at Y Combinator Startup School from the same year, if you're more of a visual learner. In the long run, he argues, we will live in a borderless society and that tech hubs themselves may declare sovereignty or build new age cities from scratch. In the meantime, however, existing cities see an opportunity to create an economic driver for growth by launching their very own technology hubs. To build their brand, cities had to get creative. And for the most part, they took inspiration from the original, quite literally using some play on words with silicon or valley to varying degrees of success. I lead here with a meme uh, of Drake, which you've probably seen, where he's got his hand up and then he's, he's pointing. Uh, and the first few uh, adopted names for uh, tech hubs around the country are Los Angeles, uh, called Silicon Beach, Atlanta, called Silicon Peach, Portland, Oregon, uh, Silicon Forest, Salt Lake City, Silicon Slopes, and Huntsville, Alabama, Silicon Valley. Uh, but my personal favorite is from Idaho Falls. Uh, God knows how they developed a tech hub there. And they've renamed it Silicon Spuds, as in the potato. This naming convention wasn't limited to the U.S. In fact, it took hold around the globe. There's a laughably comprehensive list on Wikipedia. In an industry known for innovation, you'd think we could come up with something better, uh, some better spinoffs, but I digress. Today we're going to talk about two of these hubs, and the unofficial playbook for expanding from one to the other. I'm, of course, talking about New York, affectionately known as Silicon Alley, and Paris, which is rumored to be nicknamed Silicon Sentier, named for a central district of the city in which there are a cluster of tech startups. Although I've heard zero people refer to it as such. Perhaps by the end of this article, we can come up with a better version. Navigating the Tech Backwaters the former director of La French Tech, Kat Borlingen, referred to the French tech ecosystem in 2013 as a, quote, backwater, where most investors were there for fashion week but had no intention of investing in startups. She didn't mince her words, but looking back at that period, it's not entirely inaccurate. There are very few examples of successful software startups from France in that era, with the exception of two notable exits. Criteo, a display advertising company, and Business Objects, an enterprise software and business intelligence company. But these weren't exactly victories for French tech and its pursuit of digital sovereignty. The former listed publicly in the U.S. on the NASDAQ, while the latter was acquired by German software giant SAP. This is the backdrop when Content Square launched around 2012. I've inserted a quote here from Victoire, the chief of staff at Content Square. Quote, dreaming big wasn't allowed back then. End quote. Needless to say, there wasn't a ton of inspiration and certainly not a definitive roadmap for launching a tech company in France, let alone internationally. Elements native to Silicon Valley, vast networks of founders and mentors, risk-seeking venture capitalists, top-tier talent in computer science, weren't fully formed yet, which meant oftentimes there wasn't a reference point to inform your decisions, a fact that makes the rise and subsequent expansion of Content Square even more impressive. 
Content Square is considered a digital experience analytics platform that helps businesses understand customer behavior across their digital footprint to unlock value that may otherwise go unnoticed. If you work in the tech sector, you're probably aware of the delicate relationship between user experience and intended outcomes. If not, you may be surprised to hear that sometimes the most subtle of design tweaks can lead to massive improvements in conversion rates, purchases, or customer experience. This is particularly interesting for marketing, design, and e-commerce teams building the touch points that serve as a first interaction with your brand. In short, every, every company is a data company, and Content in Square enables anyone with a digital presence to track user behavior at scale across devices and attribute missed revenue opportunities to those insights all of which can be visualized and viewed across teams and connected to other data sources and tools for voice of the customer research, web analytics, or personalization. Following its latest funding round, it's valued at 2.5 billion euro. In less than a decade, they've also made five acquisitions, which have expanded their capabilities, addressable market, and impacted, to a degree, their internationalization strategy. While plenty has been written about the merits of Content Square's product, and leadership, there is somewhat less coverage of their journey across the Atlantic Ocean, which has proven wildly successful and may just be that first point of reference for other aspiring French founders looking at a similar trajectory. To find out how they did it, I had to go directly to the source. Two key leaders of the company recounted their experiences to me. Both were closely involved in the scale-up and internationalization process at Content Square. The two I'll be speaking with today and referring to in this article are Victoire Villepin, Chief of Staff, and Lucie Buisson, Chief Product Officer. HQ2. Shortly after joining my first startup in Paris, we decided to open an office in New York as our customer base began to expand in the U.S. At the time, I was leading the customer success team and was tasked, along with our general manager on the ground in New York, with hiring and scaling the hub. At my second French tech startup, I was hired as the head of international expansion, My responsibilities included identifying customer acquisition opportunities around the globe and putting together a plan of action to penetrate high-value markets and to land and expand recurring revenue business within each of them. At a small company, this typically requires a combination of inbound and outbound marketing tactics, translation and localization projects, and partnerships with complementary businesses that have operational leverage in the region. I'm not painting myself as an authority on international expansion. Rather, I'm hoping that my experience lends me some credibility in stating just how impressive Content Square's execution was and continues to be in the U.S. As it pertains to internationalization, I've come to identify three legs of the stool, so to speak, that are critical for a successful deployment. In my discussions with Victoire and Lucy, I got the impression that their strategy adhered closely to the model. Here they are. 1. Culture. 2. Leadership, vision, and consistency. Three, strong product and communication. Culture. Let's start with culture. Company culture can be elusive and mysterious. The ever sought after X factor that drives productivity, employee retention, and cohesion. Most successful companies have a well-defined and highly visible culture, oftentimes articulated in their founding story. But when it comes to expanding internationally, culture takes on a new meaning. You're negotiating not only with the established corporate culture, but the culture of the country or region in which you operate. And it's exactly the fusion of these two strands of culture that takes place when you become an international transplant. You want to preserve the existing culture while allowing for the new hub to give it their own flavor. The last thing you want is a complete bifurcation. Here are the factors that play into Content Square's success. 
One, sending key executives to launch the new hub instead of hiring someone domestically to build it from scratch. In the case of Content Square, the CEO himself picked up and moved to NYC, as did some of the very first employees, including one who went on to become the chief product officer, Lucy. Two, ensure new hires get a taste of the original culture. At Content Square, they have Rocket Day, where each newbie goes to Paris for their onboarding and training. Three, continue worldwide events to get cultural cross-pollination. Sales kickoffs, team seminars, major conferences are all good opportunities to build cultural bridges while accomplishing important work. Content Square has an annual kickoff where the 700-plus employees get together in France. Four, foster local culture. Content Square does this with what they call culture crews that have a budget to allocate towards hub events and activities. Leadership, vision, and consistency. The term vision is tossed around quite frequently in tech, but you know it when you see it. Vision sets the tone for the entire organization, and when supported with clear values, strong leadership, and consistent execution, things tend to fall into place. In my conversations with both Lucie and Victoire, it was clear to me that this was the case with Jonathan Cherky, their CEO. Here's a quote from Lucy. Quote, All the credit goes to Jonathan. He said we are going to be a worldwide leader in our category. It seemed doubtful at the time, but he had energy and willingness to make things happen, and a big vision. If you want to be number one, you have to take risks. It's not the same game. He needed people around him that understood that and wanted the same thing. End quote. While many strive to maintain this standard, it's exceedingly difficult. Striking a balance between shooting for the moon while hitting your targets consistently are almost in direct conflict. It's common to meet CEOs with big ideas but absolutely no execution. Yet it's also possible not to dream big enough. In that case, you miss out on opportunities, lack inspiration, or simply fall behind to competitors in your space. Executives like Mark Benioff of Salesforce, who we've discussed before, are renowned for keeping an eye on the future while hitting their targets quarter after quarter. When speaking with Victoire, Jonathan's chief of staff, she shared with me Salesforce is undoubtedly an inspiration. To be the best, you have to learn from the best. I was struck by the mounting similarities between the two. Strong product and communication. Everyone knows you need to have a strong product. It's obvious. But what isn't so obvious is how to communicate effectively about your product. I'm not just talking about a clever marketing campaign or a handy onboarding guide. Communication needs to be considered for both internal and external stakeholders. It needs to be personalized depending on the audience, and it needs to be localized by region. It also needs to be updated regularly, especially if you're shipping new features on a regular basis. A common concern I hear in France is around hesitancy to launch in the U.S. too early, mainly because it's costly, competitive, and complex. But another factor here is apprehension around nailing communication. Americans tend to be marketing-minded, and it would be a shame if a solid product went unnoticed due to a poorly adapted communication strategy. Content Square implemented a rather sound strategy. Head to the UK first to learn about market specifics, adapt their processes, and translate the product. It almost served as a practice match, so when they did raise their Series A, they were ready to hit the ground running in the US. Just to give you a sense of the timeline here, uh, they were founded in Paris in 2012, uh, they launched in London to build their Anglophone market in 2015, and just a short year later, they opened up their HQ2 based in New York uh, in 2016. When your company reaches a certain size, you start to ask yourself, should I build that new feature or buy it? Content Square achieved this critical mass right around 2019 when they started to go on a buying spree to round out their product and accelerate their go-to-market strategy. 
But merging products and teams isn't always seamless and requires essentially the same approach to internationalization outlined above. The ability to source acquisitions that meet all of the criteria, quality product, alignment on vision, and strong leadership, is a superpower. It can also help with international expansion in the event you acquire a company in a new territory. Clicktail, for example, is based in Tel Aviv and has turned into their second R&D hub outside of Paris. I put a graphic here with the five aforementioned acquisitions. One is called Pricing Assistant that has to do with pricing recommendation engine. Uh, Clicktail, the one I just spoke about, is a behavioral analytics company. Uh, there's another one called Adapt My Web, which is around accessibility. Uh, DareBoost is a performance analytics tool, and Upstride is a machine learning uh, uh, tool as well to improve accuracy and data efficiency. At the end of the day, the three legs of the stool behave sort of like a flywheel. Strong leadership breeds great company culture, and great company culture leads to a quality product. These three factors serve as a foundation for any decision you make at a growing startup. While Content Square may have defined one of the first playbooks for French tech international expansion, they certainly won't be the only one. But I can guarantee that those three key principles will be foundational to anyone else who tries. Giving back to French tech. As French tech startups grow and develop, so too does the richness of the ecosystem. A decade ago, successful global founders from France were hard to come by. But today, the success stories of the first wave of French tech are helping to mold the next generation. There are numerous ways to give back. Donation, coaching and mentoring, investing. What Content Square has done is combine all three by building their incubator and accelerator program called Atomic Labs. In their case, the added bonus is that the companies they support typically help drive innovation in the markets they're already working in, marketing tech, retail, and social impact. Here's another quote from Lucie Buisson, the chief product officer at Content Square. Quote, It's important to stay curious. You need both advice and the richness that comes from advising other people. Atomic Labs is meant to keep tabs on the future, but also to give back. Coaching also helps you develop as a person, end quote. It's become common practice among the biggest tech companies to develop a venture arm. Salesforce, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Intel, all have developed programs to seed new startups in their respective industries. But beyond nurturing the industry, the true test of becoming a lasting player is to build a platform. Platform has become industry vernacular for product, but the real meaning is much more substantial. To become a platform company, you need to develop an ecosystem of partners and applications around you. I've heard it said that to really merit the term platform company, you have to develop an ecosystem worth more than the enterprise value of the company itself. Apple has the App Store, Salesforce has the App Exchange, Content Square appears to have a similar ambition with a laundry list of developer and implementation partners to extend product capabilities and create custom solutions. This approach is a strong signal that Content Square aims to be a lasting organization. They have already integrated themselves into the fabric of many of the biggest brands around the world, and the ecosystem they have cultivated only strengthens their position. Their growth is certainly a leading indicator for the future of French tech. They have defined the international roadmap, invested in startups back home, and fostered a whole industry to build on top of their offering. It remains to be seen who from France will emerge next on the international scene, and if their strategy takes a page out of the Content Square playbook. The world is your huître. That's French for oyster. In a globalized, internet-based economy, the opportunities are endless. Silicon Valley is in the cloud, and the next big startup could emerge just as easily from a cafe in Paris as a garage in San Francisco, 
But that doesn't mean the road to getting there is clear. In France's growing tech scene, the examples are few and far between, but I'm confident that is going to change quickly. With a battle-hardened generation of entrepreneurs ready to help the incoming class of startups and a successful playbook for guidance, it's only a matter of time before we witness the next global company to come out of France. Now, if we could only come up with a clever nickname for France's tech ecosystem, I've brainstormed a few uh, below. Silicon Sen, Silicon Vignoble, Silicon Station, F, Sacré Silicon. I don't know. If you hear any of these and find inspiration, please tweet them at me or send me a message. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to uh, sharing more Startup ROI with you in the near future. Talk to you soon.